What's up, Achievers? It's me, your host and friend, Billy Power. Welcome to the show. I hope you had a great week. I went to see the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones with the Street Dogs uh, and the Interrupters on Wednesday, uh, a couple nights ago at Webster Hall in New York City with my buddy Dan. And uh, a lot of people say that there's been a downturn in the music business, and I I suppose that's true, but uh, the Boss Tones still have a guy on payroll whose main job is to dance on stage and to do the occasional backing vocal. Um, So that seems like a pretty good gig if you can get it. I don't know. Uh, But the show was great. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I got to meet the street dogs. um, And they could not have been nicer. Uh, So all in all, it was a great night. On the program today is Mike Herrera from the bands MXPX and Tumbledown. He sings. He plays bass. Does a lot of things. And he always looks good doing it. Seriously, though, that guy has aged well. It's good good looking. Uh, He's still traveling the world playing music, recording, and producing at his Monkey Trench Studios in Bremerton, as well as hosting his own podcast, The Mike Herrera Hour. I saw Mike perform uh, a while back opening for Amberlynn in New York, and he still sounds great. Really good. Uh, Somewhere in there, he's also finding time to be a husband and a dad. So, best life indeed. Well played, sir. So, ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Mike Herrera. I remember times I had, some were happy, some were sad. Memories being the darkest crime, bowing up a thousand times. I get through and I feel fine. I went to school and did my time in a sense of power. Well, how's it going, Mike? Going great. Remember remember the old days when you and I were pals and we were like touring around the country together? That was fun. Yeah, a, a video came up recently with a <laughs> Blenderhead live from that tour. Really? Yeah, it was on Facebook or something like that. And uh, it, I watched it, actually. I was like, I'm going to check this out. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, those guys were, you guys were really good. Like it wasn't just it wasn't just like the times like even now it's like, oh, yeah, that sounds that sounds good. I can understand the song. Um, You know, it's it's like this post punk thing that you guys were doing. It was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Weird. I don't think there's anybody from from there that I hang out with still really. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) not 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 Dave Bonson. You guys aren't hanging out. (laughs) Oh, my God. Dave Bonson. Old. Our very first booking agent. Yeah, I think he's on the stage in that show. If you're talking about the one that's in the underground stage when we play with Crux, and like, I feel like you're on stage at some point. Probably. That's probably it, yeah. Yeah, 95. When Eben, like, hyperextended his knee and then finished the set sitting in a chair or something, and I remember yeah. he was, like, on crutches the rest of the time. Yep, I remember that. Oh, my God, yeah. You know what's weird is... Um, we had that day off in New York City on that tour, and Eben was on crutches, and I was just kind of palling around with him. We were just kind of trying to like sightsee on foot, basically, which seems really dumb now, uh, considering he was on crutches. But um, <laughs> I remember we had to use the bathroom, and this is crazy to think about, but we actually used the bathroom in the uh, World Trade Center lobby, um, which is kind of nutty. That's, that is nutty. Yeah. I, I don't think I had ever gone there until after it was gone. Yeah, I saw Ground Zero, you know, years and years ago. But uh, for those that don't know, um, maybe P- 
people would be interested to know that we used to, you know, you were working at Tooth & Nail Records, but more so our very, MXPX's very first tour was with a band called Blenderhead. We were opening and uh, you guys took us all across the country. Very first tour. Yeah. We started out, we played that show down in, I think it was the Los Angeles area somewhere, but it was with the Crucified and Blenderhead, you know, all a bunch of other bands, but that was what you know. We did our punk rock show video, you know, live footage video from. Um, yeah, there's a lot of memories we have together. I mean, I don't know how crazy you want to get into it, but <laughs> that first tour is. I mean, there's so many stories. Well, as I as I remember it, one particular thing that's interesting of that is the whole Andy angle, where it was like he he wanted to go to camp or something instead of going on tour. Um, <laughs> I don't know that it was camp to be on. I mean, like snowboarding or some, I don't know, or something. Some, he, he was hyped about doing something that wasn't tour. I remember that. In my perspective, in my memory, he wasn't really stoked on touring in general. Like it wasn't because he would rather do something else. I think he just didn't, he wasn't a believer mm-hmm. at that point. Right. What I mean by believer was he wasn't a dreamer. Like he was like, this music <laughs> thing is not going to work out. Right. And uh, we're like, we should just try. We should just go on tour and see what happens. And then if it doesn't work out, go to college. Cool. Right. I mean, it's one tour. Yeah. It's start with one tour and go to the next. You know, we're trying to like give him the pep talk. And, you know, because the summer before that, we were supposed to tour. And I got off work from my job. In fact, I lost that job because of that uh, <laughs> and a few other, few other reasons, maybe. But that was definitely the last straw. He might have done you a favor. It, Actually, he I, he did. He he really did. I think we weren't ready anyway. <laughs> yeah. And that that last year of high school that Tom, Tom, Yuri and I sort of like Tom joined the band actually in 1990. I want to say it was four. Sounds right. Um, or 95. It could have been 95, like right at the end of our of our school uh, school year. But anyway, back to Andy. He just, he didn't want to ask his parents. Like his first excuse was, I don't really, my parents are going to say no. They're not going to let me go. And so that was, that was the summer that, you know, I had gotten off work. This was 94, not 95. Yep. And we graduated in 95. So, um, I was at your graduation. Remember (laughs) that is so crazy. (laughs) That is so weird. Like, yeah. Nothing makes me feel older, Mike, than uh, you and uh, all the guys having kids and babies and and uh, all this stuff, and me just thinking, eh, I went to their high school graduation. That was a long time after I graduated high school. <laughs> Life is insane. And and this summer, at the end of the summer, is our 20-year high school reunion. Sure. 20 years. Yeah. Well, the band started in like 92, right? So like 23 years of MXPX this year, something like that. Yeah. Yep. 92, July 6th was our first official show. And uh, that's what we we call our anniversary. So this July 6th will be 23 years. Crazy. I even remember the, the week that you got your first tattoo because we played together in Canada, in Vancouver, Canada, and you said I was supposed to wait till I was 18, but I figured I got it. What are they going to do? I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I didn't want to tell my parents because yeah. my dad was going to get mad. Yeah, well, wow. that, sh- that ship sailed a long time ago, Mike. Long, it long, did. long time ago. I'm surprised we can remember anything from there. I feel pretty excited that we remembered that you graduated and that we went on tour. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two, yeah. Two, two decades it, later. It's tough. I think one memory sort of leads to the next. Yeah. It was uh, it was quite a tour, and we had a great time. We learned a lot. We did. We didn't learn enough, but we learned a lot. But uh, 
we definitely became a, a much better band after that, just after playing all that time and just singing over and over and over. And um, I'm sure you can tell from like listening to our first couple records to our third, like that was after we toured. And yeah. so it was like in, just automatically better. But also we made that record twice. <laughs> yes, I, I seem to recall something about that. <laughs> Second time is a charm now and then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Do you remember the last show we put on that tour? That was. Uh, I'm thinking about this because I actually talked to uh, interviewed Joel from Goaty Hook the other day, and uh, they played with us several times on that tour. Uh, one of which, though, was an at least the hottest show I ever played. It probably wasn't. You've probably played hotter shows. Um, when we played upstairs at the Fire Escape in Virginia Beach, and they made made us keep all the windows closed. Fire Escape. Yeah, the ironically named Fire Escape. Oh. Uh, I just remember sweating uh, nonstop that to where I had to wipe my bass off like after every song. Yeah, that that place was, um, you know, out, out of most of the shows, that was one of the most punk rock places that we played on the tour. Yeah. And, you know, it felt like a real show. Like I can remember glimpses of that day being <laughs> there, which is weird because there, there's so many shows I don't remember. Yeah. But. There are iconic shows, and, it, and it, I don't think it was even the show itself that I remember. It was like walking across the town, going to this restaurant, this like Denny's style, but just generic restaurant, like just random things like this, you know, with a couple friends that we had met at the show. Yeah. So it's like, we're oh, we're, me we're meeting people. And, you know, those girls ended up coming to a bunch of shows over the years and, and always in, you know, that area. But the thing I remember, and you were probably getting to this, was after that show, didn't we get a hotel on the beach? We did, yeah. Overlooking the beach. Well, cel celebratory uh, suite at the uh, whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, it was It was an amazing time to be alive, and, and it was like, okay, we we did this. We finished. <laughs> and we weren't finished, in fact, because we had to go get all the back way to across Newport the Beach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a good, good, good routing. We weren't even going home. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know, so bad. That's a good lesson in uh, in tour routing. That tour, as I recall. Like, yeah. don't even book one show in the middle. Like, no, you're no. just gonna drive from from uh, what was it? Where were we at? New Virginia uh, Beach, Virginia. Virginia Beach. That's right. Yep. Virginia Beach, Virginia to Newport Beach, California. Right. Uh, you guys went home. I think Blenderhead. We did. But Matt Matt uh, Johnson, the drummer, rode with us mm -hmm. in the van. Sure, he got to witness uh, our first big big blowout as a band, and that's what <laughs> really that's why I wrote. You, yeah, that's why I wrote the song "Sorry So Sorry." It was that drive, really, somewhere in Arizona. Yeah. <laughs> what what uh, what was that all about? What, uh, we don't even remember. <laughs> I, it, you know, it's just no like you've lived you've lived together for yeah however long seven weeks yeah and. It's all new, you know, you're not used to having roommates aside from your parents, mm -hmm. siblings, but, um, that's crazy. You know, whatever it was, we all decided, Hey, if everybody just shuts up, no one talk, yeah. we're going to be fine eventually. And that's what we did. Yeah. And it was fine. <laughs> somebody, somebody reminded me recently of, um, during the, uh, the hostilities of 1996 or whatever that was. <laughs> The whole uh, right. moving labels and all that stuff. And when I was interviewed at TomFest, do you remember this whole shenanigans where I was interviewed for MTV and they did this big, long interview? Yeah, I remember that. I, I, I remember it, but I never actually saw the piece, yeah. which is probably a good thing. <laughs> probably a good thing. All it was was like 45 but, uh, minutes of me going, yeah, it was awesome. You know, good for them and everything's cool and, you know, hope it all works out for the best. Uh, and then after like two hours of that, he's like, so, but I mean, you know, I mean. 
it had to have been awkward, right? Because they're like your friends and like whatever. I was like, well, yeah, I'd be lying if I didn't say it was awkward. And then that was like what they put in there. I would say that's all they used. But, yeah, yeah, that was it. <laughs> and then they had like the the A and M logo bouncing the tooth and nail logo off the screen, like a little animation of us bouncing off the side of the thing there. So that's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. If I if I only would have like had like obviously a lot more life experience and knew how to really kind of I don't know understand what was going on i think there was just a lot of a lot of misinformation happening i think the moral of that story is that communication is important oh absolutely <laughs> i think any any time you allow people to speak for you or get in the between of things i think if people could just get in rooms together and talk and talk things over then i think a lot of problems could be avoided what do you think about that i i, I think that's a very good simplification in a and a good just general lesson, life lesson, yes. Yeah. I definitely learned that from that experience. That's one of the things I learned. I learned a lot of other things, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think Well, so. I mean, there must have been bygones at some point because you went from writing a song where you were singing, like, You Don't Know Me, yeah. to uh, later going back and putting out records of them. So, I mean. Yeah, you know, it, business, business uh, sometimes trumps personal feelings right or can you know pragmatism and just time can heal some of the raw edges yeah and you got you kind of go back into the lion's cage wary with a chair sure. but you still want to go back in yeah in this case in this case <laughs> sometimes you got to do what you got to do to to get it done right i mean yeah yeah it's like you know you never know exactly what's going to be real but if you can come to an agreement together, like I, I did with Brandon and yeah, um, I, I credit some of that. Definitely a lot of that. I credit to Tommy rat at the time he was, you know, helping us out with a lot of business stuff. And Tommy rat was our tour manager yeah. and front of house guy for years. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he kind of went, it was the go between in, in a way. Cause he wasn't around back then. Like he had no prior feelings. Right. It was just to him, like a neutral observer or something. Yeah. Let's think of MXPX as just a band that, this is what they see, and Tooth and Nail is a label, and this is what people see. So it was like, okay, if we can if we can come to an agreement after that, with that in mind, and not all the past stuff. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's kind of where we started with, and and it worked out pretty good. I definitely feel like some of my ideas were overlooked in the marketing department. Yeah, but besides that, I was really happy with the record. I had a great time working with Aaron Sprinkle. It was like, okay, mm -hmm. this is a cool story because Aaron Sprinkle produced and recorded our very first album, Poconatcha. Yeah, and then went on to have an amazing career and still does have a great career in in you know producing and recording music and doing his own stuff. But it was cool to go back and do another record with Aaron and with Tooth and Nail. Like it, it was like this sort of I don't know. The gang's back together. Come out 
I missed out though, man. I feel I feel cheated. I didn't get to be part of the whole. Uh, you know, I was long I was long gone. So yeah, it was a lot. You know, of course, a lot of new people by then, and it was a different different thing. So I mean, what's your story? I mean, I don't know how much you talk about this on your podcast, but I'm sure people listening want to know. <laughs> I have I have I have never I have been saving it. I've been saving it for now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never heard, you know, it, it was like I had heard you'd left tooth and nail, but, it, you know, and, and that's all you hear. So I fell in love. I was divorced. I had a lot of bad memories. You just needed to get out of town, get off the coast. The short version is uh, business ain't for me, man. You know, I'm, it's always been about friendship for me and, and the music and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And when it becomes about attorneys and, and lawsuits and, and managers and it, all this stuff, then I lose interest real quick. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And once we once we did the deal with EMI and they were kind of dictating, you know, what people could be on staff or not be on staff or what bands sold enough or not sold enough, then and it became a numbers game and all about getting sound scans facts in on time i that i just i'm not i could not care less about any of that stuff the more that stuff started to happen and that more that stuff was consuming my day and it was less about hanging out with bands and finding you know cool new, cool new bands that were making great music to work with and and more all that businessy crap and, and drama and whatever then it just wasn't for me it's weird how it's weird how easy it was back in the day to like find a cool band and you're just like you just see them and you're like we should do something. We should release something. <laughs> and then you do it. And then they go on to like tour and, you know, sell some records and it's not a complete disaster. It's like, it was easy. And, and more often than not, it would actually lead to like a band having a career. Right. It, it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's a joke to even mention that times have changed in that <laughs> regard, but in the music business, but I mean, there's still bands that are doing really well and there's still things happening on the DIY front. Sure. Um, there's just, yeah, there's a million different little little niches and genres yeah. and, and me with, scenes. Me Without You comes to mind, you know, from that day, from back in that era, still around, still doing it. So. Was that one of those bands that you saw and you're like, these guys, let's let's get them on signed up right now? Actually, Greg, uh, if you remember Greg, who worked in the graphics department, later went on to work with Papa Roach and now does a lot of ticketing stuff and web development stuff um he was a guy that discovered them but um you know friendship Good job Greg. friendship with them goes back, all the way back to then for sure you know and just uh going cool. to see them over the years and whatever but just one of those bands that kind of you know kept at it i think that's sort of like the key right i mean that's yep. that's how you've kept it going all this time you got to just keep the hustle going living living that best life that you're always hashtagging out there yeah i mean that, that's the thing is you should always do your best and if you're not enjoying what you're doing that that happens. I mean, there's plenty of times where I'm like, dude, this sucks. Yeah. Like, but you're working towards something, and I always try to turn it around to uh, make it work for me. And if you're doing something you don't enjoy, what can you learn from it? Think of it as conditioning. When you're working out, you don't enjoy that, right? Right. I mean, people say they do. No way. But let's face it. Liars. I think eating an ice cream cone, <laughs> walking through Central Park is a little funner than like doing crunches and like bench pressing all day long. Like, But- you, you do when you work out, you, you think, OK, I'm going through this so that I'm stronger. And when daily life is hard, it's not as hard because I'm just pushing myself harder. Yeah. So, I mean, I try to do that in in a lot of ways mentally. Um, so if I'm on a plane or if I'm in an airport stuck, 
I try to make use of my time or just relax. I mean, even just not thinking about things is kind of important. Yeah. In this day and age, when you have this this floodgate of information, some of which is completely wrong, <laughs> completely biased. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's hard to to know what's going on in that regard with the propaganda being mm. completely legal nowadays, uh, politically. I've tuned out. <laughs> yeah, you really do kind of tune out. I think it's important to tune out yeah. now, and, and, and especially if you're plugging yourself in daily, which most of us are. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're tuned out on a daily basis, Bill, congratulations. You're, you've you figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> I've checked out. I check in and check out quick. I'm getting old. I'm getting old and frail, Mike. My heart can only take so much, you know? You turn on the news for about five minutes and it's just, you know, I feel like my head's going to explode. So I'm, I'm just trying to, this is the best I can do to elongate my life. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. I mean, I'm not ignorant of what's happening in the world. I know there's ISIS and of course. people are changing their sexes and whatever's happening. I, I get, it trickles in whether I want it to or not. <laughs> <laughs> Does that bother you? I mean, are you, do you find yourself being more conservative in your older age or? No. No, less, less so? As you get older, uh, you come to realize that, you know, you don't know everything. I think like being young is sort of like you're a know-it-all. And then as you get older, you, you learn more and more that you don't know a lot about a lot of things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. As you come to meet, meet people and get divorced and, and live some life and, you know, travel as you, you have, you know, around the world and encounter other people from other cultures and yeah, all the bows don't get uh, tied up so nicely. Agreed. I think there's, there's like this sort of spectrum to crazy and spectrum to um, I guess how you feel socially about certain things and the people that are within that sort of middle, middle ground, not too crazy kind of ground. I don't know what that, is, what that looks like exactly. All us, all us people lost in the middle somewhere. <laughs> people that are sort of, I guess, a balanced personality where you have social skills at least a little bit and everybody's different. So, I mean, not everybody has the gift of gab. Not everybody goes catatonic when they have to talk to, to somebody, you know? So yep. there's, there's that middle ground where you're like, okay, I'm just like, I'm getting better and better just a little bit at a time. Yeah. And I do learn things each year. Mm-hmm. And and it's and it's weird how some people really do get that sort of wisdom and every now and then there's the people on the outside of that spectrum that no matter how old they get, those people never change. Mm-hmm. They never want to change. They have those certain ideas, but I think overall, most of my friends that are getting older, especially like my band guys and people that I'm around a lot are kind of similar they have a similar arc to to me mm-hmm. um in in that regard like and it's very similar to what you're saying you just kind of like hey i don't know everything let's just <laughs> let's just enjoy life yeah <laughs> i'm trying i like i i'm trying as much as possible and and maybe you can i know that uh you talked to i heard the podcast where you and lewis were kind of talking about this a little bit and uh my good buddy mike lewis who you may know remember from like puller and for love not lisa and all i that. do I do. Mike calls it his season of saying yes, and I and I I know you and Lou kind of talked about that uh, with his business and all that kind of stuff. Just the idea of trying to be just positive and to try to put good things out in the world, and to you know, in my case with the show here, just trying to help people tell their stories and have good conversations and and to communicate with people from different backgrounds and and you know what I mean? Absolutely. Definitely. That's kind of like the era that a lot of us, I think, are entering. Like, let's just try to make a good, positive contribution and put good stuff out there and make amends. (laughs) Yeah. After a while, you kind of realize, okay, I'm doing this life thing every day and I keep thinking of the future, but 
this is like it's just this is just it's going to be more of just inching forward or or you know falling back mm-hmm. we have setbacks every day i mean the only thing i've you know come to really expect is is that something's going to go wrong but it's not going to be a big deal we just got to deal with it you yeah know, whatever that is um and until it is you know a completely big deal like somebody dies or something but uh you know Aside from those serious, serious catastrophic events um, in your personal life, it's just more of the same and you have to be positive or yeah. else it's just li- life will pass you by and you're going to go, I wish I was more positive. I wish I had talked to more people. And, and you're right. This podcast that you're doing is is something that's going to enrich your life so much more than counting numbers at a job, you know, so yeah. it's uh, it's. It's something that I've been doing a podcast for a couple of years now as well. Yeah. And and I did it for the same reasons. I, I just wanted to talk to my friends on a different level than what you would normally just do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I find myself having conversations with my buddies or even with other band guys like at shows and stuff. And I'm just like, I wish this was on the podcast. This is so <laughs> good. This is so good. It's all I can think about. Have you found this to be true that there's something weird and mystical? This sounds so dumb, but there is something weird about the, <laughs> like for some reason, like people just say stuff on there that would not come up in normal conversation. Yeah. I mean, the, in the back of your mind or even in the fore, front of your mind, yeah. you know that this is being recorded somebody's listening to it aside from me right and at some point maybe you forget that it's usually not not for the better but (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm sorry were we were we recording (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah i like the conversational thing but i also like it to be somewhat topical yeah and and that's something that i've sort of I guess, I guess I've gotten better at over the years, but it wasn't something that came natural to me. Um, people assume that, oh, I do interviews, so I'm, I should be a good interviewer. And it really is completely different. It's uh, I'm not great at it, by the way, ah. but I feel like <laughs> I feel like, you know, if anything, I just will get I will get better the more I do it. So that's just that's life. You've always struck me as sort of an introvert. Am I wrong about that? I, I was. Yeah. And I think in my adult years, I've changed. Right. And I'm a different person completely. Yeah. But yeah. You don't feel like uncomfortable around people like when you're after shows or like just talking to people like you feel like you've come out of your shell a lot more. I think so. Yeah. I, I'm a little goofier. And sometimes I actually make other people uncomfortable. Like I've been <laughs> somebody will come up and try to get a picture and I'm like, yep, no problem. Nice. And then I'll start talking to them about something. Maybe it's their T-shirt or something. And and I'll just go on and on about whatever band that we're talking, you know, watching. Or and I look over at them and they're just kind of looking a little bit confused. Why is this guy talking to me? And then I'm like, ah, I'm gonna let you go. And then I go. So I, I think. Uh, I take it too far at some sometimes, but yeah, <laughs> you kind of uh, you feel like you've kind of flipped the script on that in that particular regard. I think so. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely times where I I feel um, I just leave people alone and I don't I don't talk to them, and it's usually like other bands when they're in their space. It's probably like bands like like Mike Ness. I know Mike Ness, yet I still feel like I can't just go talk to him because <laughs> even though I do, but because he's Mike Ness, I just feel like. Yeah, he's Mike Ness. I'm a little intimidated by his his personality. Right. But um, I, I I feel like maybe now I wouldn't be as much like because just the more I talk to him each time, it's like okay, I think he he kind of remembers who I am now. You know? <laughs> so, which he does, but you always assume he does. What's going on tonight? Is everything alright? 
hear about this Smash Mouth thing? The Smash Mouth? No. They were just playing in Colorado. I don't know when this is airing, but uh, <laughs> they were just playing in Col- <laughs> in Colorado, and somebody threw bread, like started throwing bread at them, and he got pissed and like started like trying to fight the guy or whoever. He was like, "Come up on stage, motherfucker!" I'll, you know, whatever. And uh, there's a video of it, and the whole time their their hit song, the intro is playing by the band. The band's like playing it kind of, and he's like yelling at this guy to like come up and throw it again, you know, Are you I'll, serious? I'll kick your ass. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually pretty funny. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then he gets done with his rant and like the security is like holding him back. So he won't go into the crowd. Wow. And he gets back up on stage and he must've been pissed about a few different things that day. I don't know. And uh, you, you never know, because I mean, people have different different things that set them off, and you don't know what happened before, after, in the past. So he busts into the song, starts singing it, and the crowd just starts going, "Hey now, you know, it's just like too perfect." Wow, that's great. don't don't throw bread at Smash Mouth. But. I remember seeing uh, Violent Femmes at Bumbershoot one year where someone threw a shoe at, at Gordon Gano and he berated the crowd mercilessly. Don't throw, you don't throw oh. shoes with his like kind of weird voice. He's like, you don't throw shoes at oh, the yeah. singer, you know? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you guys are super punk, oh, I've dude. Been, <laughs> I've been hit in the head with a bottle. Like I got hit with a bottle one time. But uh, it was like getting punched, basically. Oof. What... I was going to say, you know, speaking of uh, berating the crowd, we just we just played with Screeching Weasel um, <laughs> in Portland yeah. and oh. Vancouver, B.C. And I got to say, both shows, both shows were amazing. We we kicked major ass. We had a great time. The crowd was awesome. Even the Screeching Weasel fans that weren't really into us watched and kind of just sat there and checked it out. Like it was it was a good vibe. That's cool. Um <laughs> And, uh, you know, Vancouver, B.C. was our second night, and same deal, great crowd. So Screech and Weasel comes on stage. They're kicking ass, doing their thing. Yeah. Um, I watched them. Um, you know, they have a long set, so they do, like, a ton of songs really quickly. They kind of do that Ramones thing Gosh. where it's just like, bam, 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 and then they talk for a minute maybe, and then bam, 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 bam. Yeah. So I watch a little bit. I'm at, the, at merch for a while talking to people, and then I go back to the dressing room, and I'm with the guys up there, and... I'm like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, we're talking about going back down to watch some more of the set. All of a sudden, they stop a song, and we hear Ben Weasel just yelling at somebody. (laughs) Oh, no. At this, at that. (laughs) Yeah, so we go down, and he's like, you fucking, you know, just like, basically telling somebody, like, you don't throw ice at my bass player, all this shit. And (laughs) um, he basically said, you know, security, I want this guy gone. I want them gone. Anybody that agrees with them, I want you all gone. And he went on for like 10, maybe 10, I don't know, maybe it was five minutes. It, it seemed, seemed like a seemed long like forever. time. <laughs> it, was, it was a little over the top, but uh, somehow the crowd didn't turn on them. And, really? they, you know, a few people got kicked out. It was just a few people. And, and they were all like telling them to leave. And I don't know all the logistics because I don't want to like repeat what's right. online because sure. I don't know what's true. Yeah. I was not there before he started yelling yeah. at this person right or persons um, <laughs> you're only a, a witness to the aftermath basically yeah yeah so we went down the road just like oh my god and the band was like didn't know what was going on like <laughs> <laughs> 
all nice guys, by the way. And long story short, they went back on stage and rocked out, and the crowd was furious and amazing <laughs> and was singing along to all the songs even louder. Yeah. So they were with them for the most part. Wow. And, and yeah, so it, it's uh, that's that's uh, that's what being a professional is all about, I guess. Right? You got to win them back. Yeah, I'm, yeah, you got to win them back. But it's it's <laughs> this is what I just you know it's like you don't see that a lot because most of the newer bands are so nice to the crowd. They're so, and we are as well. MXPX has always been very right, very I don't know, very just humble to the crowd. But you know, thank you guys for coming out, all that. But it's a different kind of band. I mean, Screeching Weasel is from. You know the punk rock days, right. Chicago, Madison, Wisconsin, old or whatever. School. Um, old school, and and you know reading books like get you know get in the van mm-hmm. with you know Henry Rollins, Black Flag. The stories you hear is like you're just at odds with the crowd. The crowd is <laughs> not your you know, friend. They could turn on. Yeah, they're not your friends. They could turn on you at any minute. They yeah. could beat you up after the show. Um, it's probably skinheads. And you know what's funny is like. Back in the day when I was started to go to like local shows, punk shows, that was the vibe. Yeah. Not every show, but there were fights that would break out sure. a lot. There were skinheads that would show up and start shit. There were, you know, <laughs> people getting drunk and get, you know, yeah, shit would happen yeah. at those local shows. Um, and then, of course, not as, not so much, you know, the church shows and, and those, you know, right. once we started doing touring and stuff. Yeah. But just the shows that I was going to. But uh, I got a glimpse of that, but it was uh, it made sense to me when I saw Screeching Weasel do that. But I guarantee you that like younger kids are probably a little bit more offended. They have no you find they have no context for what's happening at all. Yeah, I mean, and I and I'm not going to condone him berating a, a right. person, you know, or whatever. But that's that's not me to judge. I don't care. Yeah, it's like that's between them two or whatever. And yeah, well, there I was... know I know why he's doing it. It's it's. It'll sell a bunch of tickets. That was even that <laughs> was even like a shtick kind of like in the back. There was like an era of that where like if you listen to the decline of the Western Civilization yeah. soundtrack with like fear, like leaving was like the master of that, just kind of baiting the crowd basically. Oh, absolutely. Like there wasn't really, he wasn't even mad. It's just, I'm just going to insult everybody all night just to kind of get the energy up kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know? you know, a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine, Mike Moen, he's been on my podcast. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a local guy, but he... Uh, his band Neutral Boy, he's the nicest guy, but he's a punker and he drinks beer. And when they play, it's like a whole new level of personality. It's like okay, the real there's there's like some other guy that comes out and and he doesn't like put people down that much or anything, but just like the things that he says, the stories he tells, like the seediness of it all, and it's uh, it can be it's like a different person yeah. to be honest that's crazy it's pretty cool but i mean i like that it's like i like that's like the only, one of the most coolest things about seeing their band play i mean I, I like their music and all but yeah that's that that's what i want like it's like it's not just about the songs it's about that character yeah ian mckay was really good at doing that i don't know if you ever saw them or saw him do that where he'd be like I'll play when I want to. What you don't, you don't, you go somewhere. I remember seeing Fugazi, and he's like, "What you don't go somewhere and get to know people before you, you do stuff." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just that that kind of like sarcastic. Like I'm gonna, you're not gonna dictate to me. Like you know, yeah, you're not gonna yell at me like a monkey boy and tell me to play, and I'm gonna do what you want me to do, kind of thing. My job is not to make you happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Here's your five bucks. Get out. I saw him do that at that yeah. show at like Deviate or something. He like pulled the guy up by his leather coat and then just gave him five bucks out of his pocket and had him thrown out. 
That's hilarious. They see, yeah, that's just such a different way of doing business. <laughs> Here's something I'm really curious about. As somebody that wrote, uh, gr- you know, uh, Small Town Minds, yeah. um, there you are still back in the, in the small town. Most of the people that kind of came from punk and kind of, you know, didn't like that small town life kind of usually rejected that and moved to the cosmopolitan city and all that kind of stuff. What's kept you in, in Bremerton? Well, you know, Small Town Minds was not about my town being small it was just about the way they were acting right so i love bremerton everybody's come around over there no there's plenty of punk rockers that think you know we suck and we're horrible and we you know i'm an asshole and a rock star and i'm sure you know that still happens boo at you from their truck as they're driving down the road no 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 it's never to my face though see that's the thing it's always online (laughs) right right facebook or something (laughs) yeah but, uh, you know, for the most part, yes. I mean, people are so great around town. Like, they treat me well. Yeah. Um, I treat them well. I mean, I tr- there's people come up and say hi. I talk to them and, you know, just treat them like a normal person. That's, that's, I don't really see people as like status. Yeah. You know, sure. it's just people are people. And yeah, as far as, as far as Bremerton goes and why I didn't move out, I guess, you know, it, we were just, we were just touring so much, it didn't make sense to move out. And when I finally did, I bought a house in Bremerton. Yeah. We had sort of, you know, a studio here and a lot of roots mm-hmm. in, in the town and it was close to Seattle. But, you know, I think life would have turned out a completely different way if I had moved to, say, Seattle or L.A. Right. Um, or any, anywhere else, really. But um, I definitely have never said that I'll stay in Bremerton forever. Hmm. Like, I could still move. Yeah. Nothing really... If anything, in my older age, I have less things. I hold less value in yep. possessions. I mean, I have tons of gear. Don't get me wrong. I have tons of, of musical equipment. But <laughs> yeah. Computers. I, but. If you move enough, Mike, you get even less sentimental about stuff as I have like 23 times. I've, I've left stuff all yeah. over the country. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, I mean, I'm even thinking about selling my truck, which is like I had it, you know, bought this thing years ago and sort of like built it up in a bunch of different ways but that's cool the gas tank leaks oh i gotta get rid of it yeah that's a bummer you don't want that happening no no <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was kind of random but anyway no that's all good um, man but it's as far as small town minds go though yeah it was it was just about when you become successful anything you do that's successful is you're gonna have haters yeah and that's what that was about. And and it was new for me. And, and now I realize it's a good thing. Yeah. And um and it fuel my hatred is fueled by them. And <laughs> and a lot of times my creativity. So Yeah, yeah. It's cool. It's cool. But in the long run, I it doesn't bother me at all. Like I could care less. Yeah. I'm very comfortable with, with life these days. And 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 it's not that life is always comfortable. It's just right. I just realize the grind is real mm. and uh, here we go. That's right. Another day. Is as being a father now for uh, it's been two years now, Sailor May. Yeah, two years, a little over. Does that put a little bit of uh, that's got to be contributing to make it harder and harder to go away as you need to do to make a living? Is yeah, it's hard to leave. I, I definitely don't like to leave for a long time. Even mm-hmm. even two nights is tough, but it's good because it just it makes me appreciate what I have. And you know, I encourage anyone out there if you. If you're like feeling like you're just not connected to somebody or something, spend some time away in doing something positive. Yeah. Not not doing something like going to like screwing somebody else, but like go and do something positive, create something. Yeah. And uh, I think you'll find that 
the the absence actually does make the heart grow fonder. They don't, that's that is a real thing. Yeah. And touring has luckily for me been a positive thing for for my relationship, which is kind of crazy to even think about. But but yeah, it's so hard to leave nowadays with her. She knows when I leave now. Yeah. I know see daddy. I know see daddy. That's ah, rough. You know, you don't want to hear that ever. I can't imagine what that must be like to say goodbye. Yeah, I just think, uh, I think, you know, with anything, you need to find, you know, your own, I'm not going to, I don't want to say destiny, but like your own legend, your own, where you're meant to be, you know, and and that's not always one thing. It's just whether you choose to follow certain paths is still your choice in life. Yeah. And so... Even though I realize that, you kind of forget that as you go on day to day. You kind of go, oh, this is in front of me. I need to do this. I need to do this. Grocery store. Uh, mow the lawn. Yeah. Laundry. Like, it just gets, like, there's so many chores, it seems like, that uh, that's all you do. But, <laughs> you know, I feel like, you know, and, and those are just examples, and it could be anything in your life, work and all that. But, sure. And I feel like really starting on things, even if they're not perfect, and what I mean is, even if it's not your job, being creative, doing something, putting something out there in the world, making your mark. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, everybody's doing something and it's important to the person that's doing it and maybe nobody else. Yeah. But I think it's still important for them to do it. It's 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 going to help you get better. Yeah. Um, Ira Glass from This American Life said, you know, you just do the work. Yep. You just do. It may not be good at first. It probably <laughs> won't be good. <laughs> In my podcast, my music is evidence to that. Yeah, some would say it still still isn't good, but I'm I'm working on it. Oh, I don't know about that. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, and I'm feeling good about it, so you know, all good. But I realized was saying that yeah, the work probably won't be good at first, but if you don't focus on on that so much, like just do it, yeah, and it will get better. It will get better, and and I feel like. It really is true because doing this podcast, it's gotten better and better and better. Um, mine's called the Mike Herrera Hour. It's on iTunes and, yeah. and all that and on Adobe Radio. You know, it's something that I started to do because it was harder and harder to put out new music all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I wanted to be creating something and do something every week or every other week or whatever it was. Yeah. And so the podcast was sort of like filling some of that void. Mine started because Ethan Luck wrote a theme song for me for my one episode video show. And then years later, I discovered it on my hard drive. And I said, well, I already have a theme song. I should just do a show. That's great. (laughs) That's pretty much what happened. (laughs) What's up, Ethan? We know a lot of the same people. Yes, yes, we do. (laughs) We do indeed. curious about Mike uh, if you're willing um, is just sort of in in keeping in mind what we were talking about earlier just sort of about personal evolution of getting older and all that kind of stuff 
I just wanted to take your temperature on sort of where you are in terms of like God and the church and all that kind of stuff. Cause I have heard you say stuff. I do listen to your show and I've heard you kind of say some things about it and yeah, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it seems like you're sort of in the undecided category these days. Is that a fair assumption or? Yeah, I would say the easiest way to describe what I do is, is if Christianity was on Twitter and I'm sure they are, I've unfollowed. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just unfollow. Yeah. Which is not true because I technically do still pay attention to some of the, I would say, religious news headlines mm-hmm. and keeping in touch with kind of what's going on in the church. And I mean that in a very, very broad sense of the term mm-hmm. and how it relates to to American pop culture, American culture, yep. world culture a little bit. But um, but yeah, just as a human being, I, I pay attention. But yeah, I, I just have unfollowed. Yeah. Uh, it's just not something that I feel like it didn't, I was not going to church for so long and it didn't, my life was only getting better and better. And I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, uh, okay. That's cool. I guess I'm I guess I know that this is not the key to my happiness yeah. or anything else. But that's for me personally yeah. and, and I I realize I don't want to alienate people that that love God and love Jesus and follow him and that's that's their that's their truth. Yeah. And but like you're saying as we grow older, you kind of realize like I just don't know it all. Like hey, maybe there is a God, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to sit here and say I know for sure. Yeah. And I'm not going to live my life on a just in case that's ridiculous like you know like they used to say in church like in youth group all right well you know it's better to be safe than sorry why don't you just you know become a christian (laughs) and then you're you're good cosmic uh, yeah cosmic insurance policy i was just gonna say right yeah it's like okay well then yeah it's like yeah yeah so we all know that that's kind of ridiculous so there's just a lot of things and i was just on uh, Screeching Weasel Radio or Weasel Radio yeah. with Ben Weasel and uh, Owen. Yeah. And he brought up religion and my sort of lack thereof. Yeah. And he's actually a Catholic. He, he converted to Catholicism from... Yeah, weird. I don't know, Buddhism. You guys like flipped. Yeah, we flipped. We <laughs> traded spaces. Um, <laughs> he took he took your Trade. he took your seat. <laughs> you got up and then he took your seat. I'm still way nicer of a guy, and 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 I love Ben. He's a nice guy. He is a great guy, but uh, he he pushes buttons, and and I don't necessarily agree with him right. on all points sure. for sure. So, um, but yeah, so he he brought it up, and I just I wasn't really for one. I was pretty tired. We had traveled to Portland. Yeah, um, we had done sound check. I had had. I don't know. I probably had some drinks. Yeah. Um, I didn't have any drinks. I was completely sober, by the way. But um, I was just drinking water, and we still had the show to go. And it's okay, man. And anyway, it's just like a weird, a weird thing. And Ben was was apologizing to me about maybe this is too much too much information. But no. he's like, man, I was off. I was off my game. I really apologize, Mike. Like I, I felt like I. I should have been better. I should have been better. I'm like, you know, I was a little tired myself. I was a little low energy. Yeah. Uh, I felt a little tingly, you know, when you're just like, you need more water, you're dehydrated. 
<laughs> well, I, I hope you I hope you can appreciate that you and I at least have context like uh, going back to like addicted to mediocrity and like whatever. And like I said, a lot of time has gone by. So I was just personally curious. Yeah, no, let's keep I, I would love to. Well, a lot of people that I know, just a lot of it, a lot of their departing from the church or the faith has a lot to do with hurt and poor church experiences or like whatever. Yeah. And I don't, and I find your case to be a little interesting because it's not so much like a, you know what I mean? Like it's usually like a dramatic moment or like whatever, or yeah. for some people, uh, like Dave Bazan comes to mind, someone that's just done a lot of study and a lot of reading and take kind of the intellectual approach. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I would say the reason why I brought up the Ben Weasel thing was because I didn't explain it well. And it gave the idea that I was I was not a Christian anymore because I blamed the church or blamed um, the people that I had interacted with, which, to be honest, probably had somewhat of an effect on that. But sure, uh, being sort of vilified in that scene, in the Christian music scene, that kind of stuff. It's not helpful. Also, on the other <laughs> side, being hated by the non-Christian. So it was like I was getting it from both sides. Ben got a kick out of that. He was like, oh, my God, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, he loves, an, he loves an underdog, and he doesn't like to, to make snap judgments about uh, about people that he respects and, and people that he has heard about. Like, he, he wants to hear from that person. So, um, But I, didn't, I felt like I didn't quite explain it well enough. And you were right. It was... It was so much more than just how I was treated by promoters and by other, you know, record label people yeah. and whatever it is, uh, you know, other Christians and stuff like that, you know, but there was, there's plenty of great people out in the world. So, and there's, there's plenty of assholes that aren't Christians, plenty. Yeah. So I feel like just people are assholes and some of them are <laughs> re religious. Yeah. Some of them are not. Yes. And I, I, I honestly, I mean, it's silly to even group one Christian into another thing because they're Christians, because yeah. there's just so many different types of people. I agree. And, you know, there's that, the Westboro Baptist church. They're mm -hmm. like, oh, fags go to hell. Yeah. Fags straight to <laughs> hell, you know? And then yeah. the opposite, the revolution, uh, with, uh, with my man. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it, it's, yeah, it was, it was a weird thing when I just, it was like, oh, mark that off the on the con list of being a Christian. I'm going to mark that on the con list. You know, it was just like, it just, to me, it just, it was uh, a lot of years in the making. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something that I'd made any snap judgment on. It was something that just like, it was like slowly waking up to one of those, to the sunrise, you know, not with your alarm. Mm -hmm. Like you just slowly realize you're awake. Um that's kind of how life has been with me. Like I've just slowly gotten better at music. I've slowly gotten, you know, whatever, gotten happier as life. I've slowly gotten less introverted and more outgoing and mm -hmm. more comfortable with my skin. And I've slowly just, I guess, unfollowed religion. Um, and, and I don't know if there's a God or not, yeah. but I, I just don't, I don't need that structure. Right. But I don't know. It's crazy. You know, when you when you think about life and how trippy things are, like everything seems like it's a glitch in the matrix. This happening. Um, if you, you look at cities and how they sort of emulate nature and tributaries, like if you unmagnify, you know, if you magnify, you know, the way your blood capillates are OK or your blood vessels, it's like a river. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just so much so many patterns to life. Yeah that it's definitely not random, but that doesn't mean that it's like this guy that's like helping your basketball team win. 
<laughs> like there's just so many different things it could be that yeah. like how could you really pinpoint this exact thing like it's just so unknown i just for the record i don't follow the god who's the one that that helps the basketball team win whatever whatever <laughs> i reject whatever god see, that is mike I see everybody would say that i mean who <laughs> but you know i'm not a sports yeah. guy so maybe that's not my analogy you know i don't know yeah what's what's your analogy i don't know what mine would be <laughs> you follow the god that that gets your 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 wife home safely from work it gets your you know your friends yeah i guess whatever gets your friends home safe whatever <laughs> i mean that's the most basic form of religion is like please keep us safe i right? i think i'm i'm trying my best to follow what i understand it's what's laid out of the guy that cares about the poor and the wants to love people that's the one i'm trying to i don't you know what i mean yeah the turning over the money tables guy the tearing the temple into guy that guy that's the guy i'm interested in yeah so you you maybe are on the the jay baker spectrum of things probably yeah i don't know <laughs> i mean it's not like it's like you agree with everything yeah it's like i love that guy i don't so. agree with my best friend on religion <laughs> so it's like yeah uh, it's i'm on my own spectrum but yeah all the American uh, stuff I'm not into. Yeah, the American stuff. Yeah. The, the pop culture leanings of religion. Yeah. The co-opted by the political party guy. I'm not into that guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if we get our guy in there, then we'll set all these people right and we'll get the right laws passed. What's your take on, on why you have to be religious to, you have to believe in, a, in God to, to be a politician, to be a successful politician i don't know what that is i blame i guess pat robertson i don't know who started all that stuff <laughs> well ben was saying it's like you can't really trust a guy that doesn't stand for something or doesn't like believe in something you never know like what he's gonna do right you know and i think it's it's something that's subconscious yeah. in um in um, you know the, the american psyche right that uh maybe doesn't exist in europe because of the culture is different Maybe it does. I don't. I don't know. It doesn't seem to quite in the same way. Yeah. But well, I think I think the intent was like, you know, Mike's a farmer. He lives in Bremerton. He's going to go to Washington for a couple of years and represent his community, and then he's going to go back to farming. That was sort of the idea originally. I think the career pastor, the career politician, all these guys, I think, are something that's sort of evolved, but maybe wasn't the original idea. Everything's a business. You know? It is it's like. Yeah. It's, structured to make money everybody everybody wants to franchise nobody's happy to have their one good thing right <laughs> yeah we got to branch out <laughs> yo the, the it's a perpetual need to grow and to have gr you know growth for your even if you're just your own thing like you're measured by each year yeah doing a little better a little better and when you have board members stockholders you have these people that aren't really looking at the actual business. They're just looking at their, their bottom line, their hedge fund or, you know, whatever it is, the, the ledger of, of the stocks. Yeah. And so, yeah, you have like that perpetual need to always do better. And that main, and I think in some ways that that's just humans. It's like, why do we build things constantly? Because we have to, we just have to build, yeah. build, build, keep going, keep, keep making babies, <laughs> keep, uh, <laughs> Keep building buildings, yeah. keep making songs. It's the same song over and over. I don't care. I want to hear it done this way. You know, I want to hear this girl singing it. Oh, that girl's hot. I want to hear her singing. Yeah. You know, just change up the words and the dun, dun, done. So it's just like in that respect, it's completely understandable. Uh, we just have to continually. But it gets it gets hairy when you involve 
say, religion or uh, a government that's supposed to be, you know, there for people yeah. instead of working against the masses. Um, everybody that knows me knows that I I dabble in ranting about government. I just say when, you know, when it's time to get out the torches and the Guy Fox uh, masks, I'm ready. Just let me know. And that's why we have police, you know, our, our police military police state, you know, with all the military grade gear that they're getting uh, uh, donated in some cases sure. or funded by the, the government, funded by some private companies. Uh, don't get me started on that. Just you know? sitting it's just like, sitting on girls in bathing suits now. That's what it's come to. Uh, Rating raiding yeah. pool parties. That's where we're at. It's just, yeah, it's it's mad. It's maddening. The Huntingtons knew what was up. No, no, uh, no pool party tonight. They, that's like going to be the new. That song's coming back. That should be like the new unofficial theme song of the new police state. I think you should play it right after this podcast. Speaking of, uh, I know you got to go, but uh, do you feel like maybe like a wrinkle in time is going to open up when you play with uh, Slick Shoes and Five Iron Frenzy here this this summer? It's going to be awesome. It's weird. Yeah, we're playing Southern California, and the shows have been sold out for, I don't know, going on maybe going on a month or something. But yeah, uh, it's July 24, 25, two nights. We're definitely going to record it. We're probably going to film it. It's at the observatory. That's cool. And yeah, Slick Shoes is coming back, getting back together, original lineup. Nice. They're going to play all those hits off that first record. It's going to be awesome. So yeah, it's going to be awesome to have those guys and... Five Iron Frenzy, and of course, I'm ha- trying to have a bunch of friends come out and just hang out and just have a great time. It's going to be cool. All right, man. Well, uh, are you guys working on another record? Not right now, but yeah, eventually I'll do something. I'm, I'm working on some solo music, and you know, it, it's it's going to sound like me, you know, because yeah. I can't sound like not me. But yeah, um, we did a Screeching Weasel cover that's on our Facebook or on our probably oh, on cool. our YouTube. Yeah. And uh, there's some comments like, eh, or it's probably on the Screeching Weasel Facebook, but. Uh, of course, some of the Screeching Weasel fans hate it because it's me. <laughs> you can't please everybody, man. Oh, his voice is way too clean. Way too yeah. clean. <laughs> hey, at least there's no auto-tune or no no drum samples. It's just real stuff. Right. Dude, you coaxed uh, and you coaxed Tom and Yuri sort of out of semi-retirement for a lot of these shows, right? Because they have been playing Yeah, well. Tom and Yuri, you know, they, they're not guaranteed to play any show, but they have been back lately on these weekends, and yeah. they will be. They, of course, will be at the observatory. That's um, cool. It's been really fun. They're having a great time. We've hit our stride. We're really, really having a good time with it. And so uh, thank you, everybody, for all the love and support. We're selling a ton of tickets, so it's been cool. That's awesome, man. Well, uh, it was good to talk to you, dude. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, finally. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly my fault, but yeah, finally. <laughs> hey, it's all good, man. I know you had to go to Europe with Goldfinger or something, you know, globe trotting like you do. It's part of the job. That's it. Mike Herrera, everybody. You can go see MXPX with Five Iron Frenzy and Slick Shoes at the end of this month, July 24th and 25th at the Observatory in Southern California. Well, if you got tickets, you can. Otherwise, you're out of luck because both shows are sold out. And the band is also doing a pre-order for an HD concert film of these shows. There's a link to that in the show notes. Uh, Be sure to check out Mike's podcast, The Mike Herrera Hour, on Adobe Radio and iTunes. Um, I can't believe it's been 20 years since we toured around the country together. Uh, It was good to catch up with Mike. The music clips on today's show included MXPX Doing Time and Move to Bremerton from Life in General, Secret Weapon from the album of the same name, 
I'm Okay, You're Okay from Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo, Small Town Minds from that 7-inch record, and Also Let It Happen. The Urban Achiever theme song was written and performed by Ethan Luck and Dan Spencer. As always, you can follow Urban Achiever on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Urban Achiever PC, and you can email me anytime at billy at urbanachievershow.com. This show is 100% listener supported. If you enjoy the program and want to give something back, please go to patreon.com slash urbanachiever and give a buck a month or whatever you want. Uh, you can also purchase show merch at urbanachiever.gobigwin.com. All right, that's it. Until next time, keep up the good work. I'm proud of you. One, two, three. Yay. <laughs> so, one, two, three. <laughs> you gotta just push. <laughs> It doesn't matter. <laughs> It'll be pretty easy. Oh, one second. I just unplugged my phone. Hello. Sorry. Bill, you there? Yeah, I'm here. All right.